But over the last uh, 17 years, I've seen pretty much every type of miracle that, that you can think of. Uh, you mentioned uh, like our trip, and uh, we saw a whole village come to Jesus at one time. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. when you look in the eyes of a, a mother when her child is, was born deaf and mute and begins to speak, or uh, a mother whose baby was dead in the womb, and she hasn't been able to feel her baby, and her baby comes to life while she's talking to you and you. So much in the kingdom, so much in revival, is just about perseverance. So good. Now, sometimes people make the mistake when they feel the resistance, when they start moving into something, there will be resistance. And that doesn't mean that you miss God. That doesn't mean that you're, that you're outside of the will of God. No, that's normal. And when you're coming against the kingdom of darkness, there will be resistance. Hi everyone, welcome back to Dangerously Normal. Um, we're here with Renee and we've got another re uh, Revival Chats with Renee episode coming up today. Renee, we've got Brian Britton with us today. Now, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you met Brian and, um, and a little bit about what we're um, in for today. Yeah, sure. So I met Brian actually in Africa, in Mozambique. He was um, one of my team leaders there when I went on a missions trip. And so that's where I first encountered him. He, you know, just so full of the Father's heart, the Father's mm. love, and just so willing to not just come on board to outreach the loss, but to be a father over missionaries as well, um, which I think is so needed in the mission field too, where it can be quite isolated in that. But he's just such a wonderful father to keep everybody connected and pastorally care for people as well. So I mean, in all his trips, he's seen some amazing things as well. To uh, I don't know how I've lost count how many times he's been to Africa and other places as well, Brazil and South America. Yeah, and, well, I've yeah. been following his social media, and it seems like he's in a new place <laughs> every other day. You know, between yeah, South America, like he's spending a lot of time in Brazil. Um, he's got a um, he's got a pretty outrageous um, vision to see a million people. Yeah. Um, you know, Come on. Uh, I can't remember exactly. Missionaries. Yeah, yeah. a million missionaries. Um, and so um, really excited for today's conversation. Yes. Uh, and um, I really hope that you guys at home are going to be enjoying it as well. Um, it was a windy day. <laughs> the only week of the year that Brisbane is windy is that week. And we decided so. to film on a rooftop. <laughs> As you do. In a place we'd never filmed before. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, the hair was going all over the place, <laughs> but uh, the content was phenomenal. Yeah. So, uh, really looking forward to uh, sharing this one with the world. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get straight into that conversation. Hi and welcome. We are in Brisbane, Australia. And it is my absolute pleasure to introduce someone to you today who you may not have heard of, but um, after today you surely will. So um, I have a special guest with me today and he is a pastor, a leader, a missionary. He's um, a teacher in Irish mission schools right across the world. He's uh, a husband, a father, a spiritual father to many, and he's a church planter. And first and foremost, though, he firstly identifies as a son. So it is my great honor to introduce you to my friend, Brian Britton. Hello, it's so good to be here with you today. So good to have yeah. you. Thank you so much for giving your time to be able to impart while you're here in Australia. First time in Australia. Yeah. So. Wow, it's so amazing being here all this week. Love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's wonderful. So, Brisbane, what brings you here? 
Well, I was just part of a, a conference at a River Life Baptist Church here in Brisbane with uh, Heidi Baker, who's a spiritual mother to me. But as you mentioned, I'm a part of Iris Global Ministries, and we had a week-long gathering of our missionaries from all over Asia and Australia here this week, and we concluded it with a three-day conference, Live to Love conference with Heidi Baker and Will Hart and all of our missionaries from all over Asia. It's an incredible time. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Well, thank you so much for coming to um, Australia, your first time here in, in Brisbane as well. So what do you think, um, what have you noticed about Australia or about Australians or something that what you think the that the Lord would bless in this nation. Yeah, well, I've been I've been blown away by the by the the hunger I've seen in the church. It's really encouraging. I didn't know what to expect. It is my first time uh, in Australia. I've uh, been in many other nations, but I, I didn't know what to expect when I came to Australia. But pleasantly surprised by the hunger and also the kindness and the warmth of the people. And uh, God loves this, you know. Uh, I, the Church of Australia this week has really represented herself well to our Irish missionaries coming in. And, but the hunger with how they received the message, you know, from Heidi and our missionaries and everyone involved, uh, it was really great, yeah. beautiful time. That's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. So even in just the last couple of months, you've been in four different continents. I've been looking at Iceland, Portugal, you've been in the States and now here in Australia. So um, I was wondering if you could give some sort of global perspective or, you know, what is the Lord doing globally on a global scale? Like when you, what you see um, in, yeah, in all these nations that you're traveling to. Well, well uh, I will tell you, there's never been a time like this, I believe in the history of the church. So I want to say to Australia and everyone watching, be encouraged. I believe there's never been a time like this. If you look around the world, I was just uh, in Europe, arenas filled with young people worshiping Jesus all over Europe through these Holy Spirit nights, Awakening Europe stadiums where, who would have thought 15 years ago that there'd be stadiums filled with people worshiping, Christians worshiping in Europe? It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, in Brazil, where a great part of my ministry is, we have a major move of God, especially among young adults in Brazil. Uh, every major city of Brazil, uh, you will see movements of people ages from teens to their young 30s in the streets doing evangelism, worshiping. Uh, every major city. Uh, there, and there's such a hunger and such a fire there, a real move of God that's beginning to happen there right now. And uh, I'm a part of Iris Global. We've seen a major move of God in Mozambique and in Africa over the last 20 plus years, where uh, with, just with Iris, you know, over 5,000 churches, uh, the dead are being raised, the, the sick are being healed, the orphans and widows are being cared for. And has there ever been a time in the history of the church where there's been so many churches planted, so many people coming to Jesus? We may not be seeing it, you know, in the Western world right now everywhere, but it is happening in the earth, in, especially in the global South, what we call like South America, Africa, also in Asia with India and China. So I, I couldn't be more encouraged. Uh, maybe you hear on the news, nothing but bad things, but I'm telling you, the darkness might be rising, but the light is rising even more. So I, I'm so happy we're alive at this time. Yeah. And if you are alive at this time, I believe it's for a purpose, yeah. for a reason, yeah.
So good. Let's go back to Brazil because you yeah. mentioned Brazil and you've spent a lot of time there and you're going back there again next month and yes. again at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So what is it about Brazil? Like I said to you the other night, I feel like everybody that I know is either in yeah. Brazil, going to Brazil yeah. or wants to be in Brazil. So why is this move of God happening, do you think, like from what you've seen in these yeah. cities, in this, these young people? Like what is it that's causing people to, to rise mm -hmm. up and cry out to God? Yeah, well, there is this hunger, you know, that we're seeing in the young people. And it was almost like, if you look back as like a perfect storm was created. Uh, the, the economy was not great. The government, very corrupt. So in the natural, it looks like well, th this is not the best place for anything good to be happening. But God uses these times. He uses these situations in the midst of all the chaos and the, and the uh, well, the Holy Spirit likes to hover over the chaos, just like in Genesis we see. And I believe that's what happened in Brazil. And the people could have went one or two ways. They could have turned against, they could have rose up in anger and frustration and bitterness and resentment, or they could have turned to God. And I've, saw, I've seen a nation, I'm seeing a generation turning to God, crying out to God in desperation for their land, for this generation. So uh, I really want to give my life to this generation in Brazil. I, I'm asking God for a million missionaries to come out of this movement in Brazil to go to the nations. And, uh, and Europe is ready for missionaries from Brazil. Asia is ready for missionaries from Brazil. And, but you know, God loves the people here in Australia just as much as he does yeah. there in Brazil yeah. and all over the world. So what he's doing there, I believe is just a forerunner of what's gonna happen globally and what is beginning to happen globally. Yeah, so good, so good. Um, so yeah, I think that's really, really powerful to be able to have that global perspective so that we can see, expand our peripherals mm. to see sometimes when we're just focusing ourselves, we've got our own church or our own families or our own nation and we can only see that, but to be able to have that global perspective to expand and increase the vision and dream in mm. our heart yeah. to, um, to see and believe for bigger things. So yeah. that's so wonderful to be able to encourage, yeah. um, encourage people with that. Yeah. Um, so in 17 years of ministry, I think it is for you now, mm -hmm. um, what changes have you seen in, um, in people's attitudes to missions as well? Like you've, you've been doing this for a long time. So have you, like I, this is what I see. I see that it's definitely been a shift, but I would love to hear from you what you think in this last 17 years, like what, what kind of changes in attitudes there's been towards it too. Yeah, well, praise God, I believe that missions is being uh, in the missional life is being accepted by more and more of the church now yeah. which is great because the church is missional at its foundation this is you know, we're supposed to go and make disciples and we're supposed to pray for god to send laborers into the harvest this is what we're supposed to be doing and i, I really see this happening more and more now uh it used to be maybe 15 20 years ago uh missionaries was this small radical group in uh this is for you and maybe we'll pray for you and maybe support you a little bit, but we're glad you're doing that. It's not for me. But now we see whole churches embracing it, uh, uh, churches supporting people groups, churches supporting missionaries and churches going. And I mean, I, I love the scripture, you know, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Take this gospel to these places. And it's not one and then the other. It's, it's at the same time. Yeah. And I see that the church is getting that. There used to be this... This, this view in the church that we had to get everything right at home before we could go or before we could send or before we could plant. But, but that, that's just not God's way. I don't believe it was ever supposed to be that way. You know, for instance, like the church started in Jerusalem and I've been to Jerusalem. I don't know if you've been to Jerusalem, yeah. but 
They're not still yet, not, not all. Yet. They're still not all saved. If they would have waited till Jerusalem right. would have got straightened up before they took the gospel, the right. church never would have grew. But the early church understood that that this was what the church was about. You know, we are a missional church, and it's beautiful to see churches embracing that, sending their sons and daughters to the mission field. And I think technology has played a big part in that. Uh, the world getting smaller is a little bit easier. Uh, in, but once people see what God's doing in other parts of the earth, uh, oh, I'm telling you, it's just, it is contagious mm-hmm. when you see the move of God, when you experience the manifest presence of God in a place where you see the glory of God come upon a room full of people and the sick being healed and, and whole villages coming to Jesus. I mean, when you yeah. see that, it changes, uh, it changes you. And when people come back into the churches, it will shift whole churches. In mm-hmm. uh, so I am really, really encouraged about this. And, uh, and the Church of Australia has, has been a big sender of missions. Yeah. And I know one of our most successful and long-term bases in Mozambique is led by an Australian. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, Australia, for sending your sons and daughters into the field. Yeah, amen, amen. Yeah. And, that, and that's where we met, too, was yeah. in, Mozambique in Mozambique in South Africa. So we're here in Australia, yeah. two different nations combined, you know, meet uh-huh. in another continent and then back here again. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, what we saw then, too, was a whole village coming and then they receive Jesus and the, the whole, like it changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. So when you come back to your church, you're going to be different. Yeah. yeah. And this fire, uh, if you want to start a fire, uh, you got to have the fire. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's hard to start a fire without a spark. And these missionaries who are coming back from short term missions are coming back, lit their own fire and uh, it's spreading. Yeah, and that's been happening for 20 years. Yeah, it's so powerful, so powerful. Um, so what do you think in, in raising and releasing missionaries, what do you think is the fundamental, like foundationally, um, like the key in, in raising and releasing missionaries to see longevity in that too? Like, you know, you're seeing people stick with missions throughout mm-hmm. this time. Like, are you seeing that? Um, that, that fire that you're talking about, that missional fire, sustain, whether it's a short-term mission trip and then back home or whatever. Like, what do you think the foundational keys are to seeing that? Yeah, I, I would say uh, the main key is intimacy with God, of course. Yeah. Uh, we can't labor in the flesh. We, we co-labor with Him. So uh, th- this is the great thing. And, and that comes from a love relationship with a real person, with the person of Jesus Christ. So it's not, a, it's not about religion. It's not about fulfilling duty. Yeah. It's not about that at all. It is about being in love with Him. And when you're in love, it's a joy. It's a joy. And this is no matter what we're doing. Like I said, the, the Christian life is a missional life. And uh, whether we're doctors or lawyers or, or radio hosts or, or carpenters or, or fishermen or, or a, a waitstab, whatever we're doing, uh, we do as unto the Lord, but we do it because we're in love. That's how we do it unto the Lord. It's not to, it's not to make him happy. That's not our sole purpose. Uh, it's not to be successful. It is not to be uh, a long-term missionary. You know, it's because we're in love with him. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's a joy. So it's a joy to serve. It's a joy to go. And we have to go. We want, remember when you first became a believer and how excited you were to tell people about Jesus. And I believe that we're never supposed to lose that. We're, we're always supposed to have that zeal for Him and for the, for the things of God. And uh, intimacy is the key. And uh, being intentional, being in His presence, praying and listening more than we talk, hearing Him say that He loves us every day, that He's for us, that He's never going to leave us. 
and we just fall more and more in love with Him and we burn with more fire and passion and, and compassion. And when we're intimate with Him, we're close to Him, uh, we get His heartbeat, you know, and, uh, and I, I always picture in my mind those metronomes, you know, that when you put two of them together, it's like they start beating together. It's like, and if we lean on His breast, it's like our heartbeat starts beating with His. And uh, if you're intimate with him, you're going to love what he loves. Yeah. And you're going to hate what he hates, you know, sin and death and disease and sickness. But we're going to love the world. Mm. And, and you have to do something. So when you're possessed by his love, by the, by the spirit of love, which is the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says he poured his spirit into us, you know, we have to do something when we see the poor, when we see injustice, when we see sickness, when we see the lost. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So true. Um, so do you have, you just spent an amazing week with Iris Global Leaders right around um, Asia as well. Uh-huh. Um, so do you have some testimonies, maybe even from yourself or from um, these ones, that, uh-huh. from people that are on the ground, hands yeah. and feet, you know, they might not have a million followers on Facebook and that's not the, you know, the be all and end all of success in the kingdom. Like there's so much underground stuff that's happening, but I think it would just be great to have that perspective from mm-hmm. some testimonies from what some of those ones are, are doing and seeing the Lord do. Oh my goodness. So uh, we have some amazing missionaries, you know, serving in some really dark places. Uh, this particular gathering we have is for missionaries throughout Asia and Australia. We have an uh, incredible group of missionaries in, in Alice Springs, Iris Alice Springs, where they're, they're reaching out to the, to the people there. And it's, it's really incredible, just loving the poor, injecting hope. And they're seeing miracles when they, when they pray for people. And uh, so we encourage people to go there. Yes. Uh, it's an easy place to get to from here. <laughs> so uh, please go and visit them there at Iris Alice Springs. But uh, in, in the dark place, I was talking with a missionary from, from China. They're raising up... Uh, missionaries from China to reach the Tibetan people, which is a, which is a very dark culture. But now we have, we're raising up these uh, indigenous missionaries from China to reach the Tibetan people. And uh, this, this is something that's really special to my heart that uh, I, I the, the church in China has been exploding uh, in recent years. And even going back uh, uh, really quickly to our base in Nepal, this is so exciting. I was talking to the missionary, the base leader there, and he said that 20 years ago in Nepal, it was 1% Christian. And now there are estimates that it's 20%. Wow. 20% yeah. in, the, in the Hindu uh, nation of Nepal. This is really incredible. So just this, this, this sheer number of salvations. And it's all fueled by, by evangelism, telling people the good news of Jesus, and uh, signs and wonders and miracles. And, uh, and they're seeing, they have teams come from all over the world to join with them in Regular people. I'm not talking about like, you know, famous Christians. I'm talking about regular students and mothers and fathers and and uh, just people that you work alongside. These are people going and praying for sick people and they're being healed, and in uh, in people coming to the Lord. It's just so beautiful. But over the last uh, 17 years, I've seen pretty much every type of miracle that that you can think of. Uh, you mentioned uh, like our trip. And we saw a whole village come to Jesus at one time. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. when you look in the eyes of a, a mother when her child is, was born deaf and mute and begins to speak, or uh, a mother whose baby was dead in the womb and she hasn't been able to feel her baby and her baby comes to life while she's talking to you and you, exactly. oh, come on. Yes, exactly. That was exactly a testimony from that time. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> and that, um, 
that boy, you know, he's in the village and he was completely despised yeah. and he was, he was the worst. He was just kicked upon, <laughs> thrown upon, no clothes. Yeah. And Heidi just loves on him right from the start and just shocks the whole village with that love of yeah. Jesus just for the one that they would ask yeah. the most. And, you know, yeah. demons cast out, all sorts of oh. food multiplying. Like we saw everything. Yes. It just, and that's just two weeks. That's not 20 years worth of, you know. Yeah. So what God can do is immeasurably more. And here's mm. some, uh, some cool a series of testimonies I've seen in every nation, every culture, doesn't make a difference. I'm talking about Switzerland, the United States, Africa, Asia, uh, Brazil, uh, is the power of love in uh, my particular ministry. And I learned this from being with Heidi. I saw her operate in this. um, Is I saw her hug a demon-possessed man one time. I don't know how everyone feels about that, but I'm telling you it's a real thing. There are people Mm -hmm. who get possessed by evil spirits. They... uh, they cause them harm. They want to destroy families. And, and I saw a man in Mozambique one time. I saw Heidi uh, put her arms around this man and lay under a mango tree with a man who was suffering from an evil spirit and get up set free. And I, shared, I would share this testimony in some of my meetings. And uh, I, one of the great messages in my life is about the love of the Father. And I speak in a lot of places where there's not a lot of fathers. There's, yeah. there's a lot of orphans. And, and sometimes after the message, people want to come up and give me a hug. And I saw, I, I remember the first time it happened, I was in Brazil, I saw a man and he was looking at me after the meeting and I just told him to come to me and he came and I gave him a hug. And the man starts squeezing me very hard. And then he starts trying to throw me to the ground. He starts growling like an animal. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the Lord said, don't let go of him, you know, hold him. And I'm holding him in my arms and I begin to speak his identity, who he is as a son. And I begin to, to tell this evil spirit to leave his body. But, but I was releasing more light than anything else, just yeah. telling him who he is, speaking to who he really was as a son of God. And, you know, he, he got set free in my arms, in my arms. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this happen. As I share the testimony of this, I saw it happen in, in Switzerland, in the United States, in Asia, in different places. And it, mm-hmm. the, love is the power. Every miracle in the Bible comes from the love of the Father. Jesus had compassion. He was moved by love. Every miracle we've seen, every blind eye that is open, every deaf ear, every lame person that has walked, every tumor that has dissolved, heart transplants canceled. I've seen scars vanish off people's body in yeah. praise and worship. And uh, it comes because God loves us. Yeah. You know, that's why. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. And I think that that too, like you, you carry the Father's heart. So every time that I see you, it's like when you're teaching it, this is what I just imagine with you teaching at Iris mission schools all over the world. It's like more than the teaching and the information that you impart, it's that that father's heart, that affirmation to a generation to give them the courage to be able to go and, and sustain in the call and missions. Like that's that's what's imparted to them. You you impart courage to people. Yeah. I really see that with you. So yeah, thank you for everything that uh, you that you do and everything that you are well, in, I've had some in great doing that. Mothers and fathers myself. So. Yeah, that's what uh, I was gonna yeah. ask you about that. Spiritual <laughs> yeah. mothers and fathers, yeah. like you've got you have some amazing ones. Yeah. And um, what role do you think that, that has played in where you are today? Oh, so important to just have the generation before available. Yeah and to always pray and encourage. I think this is the big thing. When we talk about that, uh, people, it's not that you're like worshiping some person who's older than you or something who's been there. No, like, but we do, there's wisdom that they can impart to us. And, uh, and so I've had some of the best, you know, Heidi Baker is one of them and Roland Baker, incredible man of God, missionary. Uh, Dan Duke, who's a great father of revival in Brazil uh, to a whole generation. And uh, they, they've gone before us. They've 
they've blazed away. They've, they, and they're showing us in Mel Tari, another great one in my life who led a great revival in Indonesia in the 1960s, a spiritual father to Heidi and Roland Baker, Mel. And I learned how to be intentional with people, how to be available. And what we need to do is to get behind this generation. What I want to do, I want to give my life to this generation yeah. to encourage, to cheer them on, to help give them a platform. Uh, but being available is the biggest thing. Uh, and just someone in your corner that's always got your back and always loves you unconditionally. So I see the fathers turning to the sons and the sons turning to the fathers and the same for mothers and daughters. That's happening in this hour. And I believe this is a, this is a prophetic word in scripture that's happening in the end times now that I believe is coinciding with this greatest of all harvests yeah. that's happening. And I believe uh, the Lord showed me one time a net that's being put together, that's being mended. I saw it was a vision I saw. And uh, it's not a two-dimensional net. It's like when I come together and you come together, it's not just you and me. No, it's everyone that comes with you yes. and everyone that comes with me. And it's multi-dimensional and nothing is going to get through this net. When, he sh when, when uh, the great fisherman of souls, you know, when he casts this net in this generation, there very little's getting through this net yeah. because it's not just at a surface level. It's so much deeper. And only God has really seen that, I think, up to this point. But now he's revealing it to us. And you see great unity in the body of Christ around the world, like what's happening with Awakening Australia, Awakening Europe. These moves, great leaders from all over the world working together yeah. uh, in humility, laying, not caring. Uh, it doesn't matter who's, who's in charge. You know, he gets all the glory. Yes. And that happens when we come together. Yeah. yeah. I think that's been the game changer, really, that unity mm -hmm. in the body of Christ and then that humility and hunger, like we were talking about before, mm -hmm. too, to be able to, yeah, I to see. It. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so good. Um, something about you that I really notice and I really admire is that you're so constant. You know, you're, you're very constant and. You know, the father's constant and you're like the father in that way. But I sense that it's not always like that in, yeah. you know, in circumstances and in life and everything over the years. So I was wondering how, um, how you, you know, you steward these times of seeing promises fulfilled and seeing these things, mm -hmm. you, you know, in, in coming to pass and seeing words in your life come to pass as well. Because mm -hmm. there is oftentimes some waiting as well. So I just oh, love yeah. some insight that you have. Um, yeah. in, in how you, you know, you remain constant in all those times and, and, mm. and that tension between the now and not yet. Right. Yeah. Or like they say glory to glory and there's the two in the middle, you know, <laughs> between the glory. But, it, but in the midst of all of it, you know, God's always there and he's always speaking and we all find our, we always find our, we will all find ourselves in situations and times when, uh, when you, we're in between those glory seasons, you know. Uh, where you and the enemy is the accuser. He likes to come against us. He likes to, to speak little lies. And, and we have to, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, be intentional about being with him, getting in the secret place. And the, the word of God says that the sheep uh, know the voice of the shepherd and to another voice they won't listen to. Yeah. But that other voice is always there talking. You know, The father is always speaking. Our, our good shepherd, Jesus, is always speaking to us. And he says, I love you. You're my son. I'm with you. You can do anything with me. But there's the other voice that's there saying, who do you think you are? Look at you. You messed up again. You're just a sinner. You should give up. You should quit. You're never going to make it. But we can't listen to that voice. And 
uh, when we have problems that happen in our life and they will have people will get sick things will happen things will break people will lose their jobs people will pass pass on in the glory you know these things do happen and it's in these times that the the enemy will try to distract us mm. you know we've got to know that's why it's so important to know the truth in it uh, mama heidi always says if you don't quit you win yeah so much in the kingdom so much in revival is just about perseverance. So good. Now, sometimes people make the mistake when they feel the resistance, when they start moving into something, there will be resistance. And that doesn't mean that you miss God. That doesn't mean that you're, that you're outside of the will of God. No, that's normal. And when you're coming against the kingdom of darkness, there will be resistance. If there's no resistance, then you may have a problem. If you've been preaching the gospel for 10 years in your city and everyone loves you and you've never upset anyone, then you're probably not really being obedient to the whole leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but, but there will be resistance. There will be fiery arrows, but you are equipped with the greatest spiritual gift. And that is the Holy Spirit. And, yes. and the fact that he's never going to leave you, he's never going to forsake you, and just knowing that. So when, you, when something happens in life, well, you run to him. You focus on him. No matter what's going on, we're always focusing. To me, that's like real repentance. I'm always refocusing on Jesus. No matter what's happening, I'm turning to Him. I'm turning to Him. No matter what life may throw at me. And we need to know, I want to tell the church of Australia, the church of the world, the church of this generation, we have everything in Christ. Every spiritual blessing is in Christ. With the... You look at the world, we watch the news, people are literally killing themselves. People we think are beautiful, we think are successful, we think have everything, but they don't have what we have. They don't have hope, they don't have joy, they don't have peace. And these are the great treasures you know, we have in Christ. Uh, and the enemy cannot take those. But he will try to lie to us and distract us. And in his voice, the voice of the Father has to be the loudest. Yeah, that's, uh, but that is what we, we, we must persevere. And if you don't quit, you will win. Yes. I promise you, you'll win. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that so much. Mm. Yeah, something else about you that I really like I was just is um, how prophetic you are. Like you, you, you carry prophecy really well. And I, I think that you, um, just in the, in the times that I've even spoken to you, like the words that you speak aren't necessarily like, hey, I've got a word for you, cliffhanger, you know, got a, yeah. you, you're just naturally conversationalist prophetic and that just comes out of you. So I was just wondering how, um, how, do, how do you steward and cultivate that just constant, in being, like what you were talking about, I guess, being intentional with mm -hmm. others, like is that yeah. just an overflow of, of that and just speaking into others? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, uh, I believe the Lord told me a long time ago that he said, and I didn't even know a lot about the prophetic ministry during that time, but I saw a prophet ministering, and he, he had a word for everyone, you know. He prophesied over the whole church. And I remember thinking, wow, how can the world could he have a word for everyone? I didn't understand it. I didn't know if I believed in it. But, uh, but the Lord says, I have a word for all of my people. And he told me, he said, I will give you a word for anyone who ever comes to you. And I was like, how can that be? Well, why is that even necessary if believers can hear from God? Why? why? And, and the Lord said uh, that He has a word for everyone that, that comes to Him, everyone who will listen. And sometimes it's almost like, a, like if you have a business, sometimes you'll hire a consultant to come in with some fresh eyes to show you something maybe you're not seeing. Uh, and this is kind of what it is with the prophetic sometimes. Uh, the Lord will use someone else to say something to you that for whatever reason you're just not seeing, you're not picking it up. 
and this is happening a lot, but I believe that we're always connected with him. Like in Psalm 1, where the tree that's planted in close proximity to the river, our, we can always bear fruit and have green leaves because of him. It doesn't matter what's happening around us. Yeah. So, and I believe if we open our mouth that he'll fill it. Yes. So when I pray for people or even when I speak to people, uh, if I'm doing it in a more covert way, yes. <laughs> you know, just yes. in conversation, <laughs> I'll just start talking. And I, I believe at some point that the Holy Spirit's going to take over. And I've seen it. I've seen it in my life. You probably have too. Like when you're talking to someone, you know, wow, this is not originating with me. <laughs> yeah. This is coming from somewhere else. And you don't have to get all religious on people when you're talking to them and thus yes. saith the Lord. Yeah. But I can speak to you and it's the Holy Spirit, the breath of the Almighty God speaking to the person. Yeah. And uh, so I, I try to, to always do that. I want every conversation I have with people to be filled with the Word of God. Uh, that I've read so much that it's in me and a part of me. And uh, we need to love the Word of God. I believe that. So it just pours out of you. If you love Jesus, you should love His Word, guys. Yes. You know, don't tell me you're in love with Jesus if you don't love His Word, because I just don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. you know, but but uh, so I think that it, when you're practicing the presence of God, where you're bringing Him into every moment. Now, when I'm praying for people, I oftentimes don't know what I'm going to pray for them. And I'll put my hand on them and I'll just begin to bless them. And at some point, like, he takes over. I, I just really believe that because the Holy Spirit is in us and he wants to speak to his children. And there's some things we just don't want to hear or we can't hear because of situations in our life. I value the prophetic so much, yeah. but it's not something that's just for prophets. Mm. The Bible says, desire earnestly all the gifts, especially that you might prophesy. That means that he wants us to do it. He says, ask and you will receive. Yes. So this is for everyone to encourage, to edify, because this world out here, we, the world needs encouragement. I, I, I see it everywhere. Like People don't have people in their lives who will encourage them, who will tell them the truth. We don't lie to people. We encourage them with the truth yeah. of how Father feels about them, of the gospel. And how much better when it's not just us saying something we learned in a religious class, but the Holy Spirit himself, like speaking through his body. Yes. You know? Because we are his, we're his voice in this generation. Yeah, to those around us. So yeah. good, mm. so good. Um, just um, also with, just kind of coming back around as well with something that you said, um, made me think of that with um, with church mm. planning and then having like dreams and visions and being able to see beyond, like the, the prophetic unlocks that in people as well to be able mm. to see. Um, bigger than what we're looking at. I really feel like that we're in the season of like needing to dream bigger and needing to open our eyes to see and increase mm -hmm. the vision. And um, if, if we can think it, then, you know, God can do it. So we need to even think beyond what we can think kind yeah. of thing, you know. Yeah, so, use our imagination. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So um, like you've planted lots of churches in, in Pakistan and in Africa and different things like that. Like how, um, what do you think would really encourage people to be able to, to dream and, and, and think bigger in this season? Or any, anything, that, insights that you've got in that? Uh, yeah. Well, I think you were hitting on it when you said we need to, to we, ha we have to get outside of our mind and into the mind of Christ. And uh, we, he is a supernatural God. We can't be limited by what's in front of us. We cannot make our decisions. Yes based on what is in front of us. I heard Erwin uh, McManus, I think, speak on this one time, and he said, animals make decisions based on what's in front of them. Uh, oh, there's food, I'm gonna eat it, there's water, I'm gonna drink it all, there's a, you know, 
uh, someone of the opposite sex, I'm gonna go and have children with them. Animals do that. Yeah. But we don't make our decisions based on what's in front of us. We make our decision, or money, by the way. We make our decisions based on the word from God and faith. So, <laughs> and we need, to have faith means you're not gonna be able to see it first. Yeah. So no matter what we're so dreaming good. with God, it means we're not gonna be able to see it first. We need to go to him and ask him what he wants. That's a big part of prayer. It's not telling God what we want. It's asking him first what he wants to do in a situation. God, what do you want for Brisbane? This city that you love so much, that's filled with this people who want, what do you want to do? And it's usually not a copy of what's already happening. He will use you to birth something new, okay? So, but you've gotta use your imagination. You've gotta be willing to, for it to look completely different. By human nature, we'd like to, to copy things we see. Yeah. But, uh, but there are unique anointings in the church that have never been seen by the world before that God wants to release. Uh, different types of worship that have never been seen, manifestations of worship that God wants to release. Uh, models of, of doing church that are different than we've ever had before to reach a certain people in a yes. certain place. And uh, our church is not supposed to be cookie cutter, I don't believe. It's always a great tragedy if you go to Africa and you see this church and it looks like a church in, in Detroit or something. Yeah. Like, no, it's supposed to look like the Church of Africa and the Church yeah. of Australia. It, you know, it's not supposed to look like uh, Bethel Church. I love Bethel Church. Yes. I'm a member of the Bethel Leaders Network. It's my, I love it. But the Church of uh, Brisbane is supposed to look different, mm. you know? So the only way you can come up with that is by, you have to be dependent upon Him. Yeah. Yeah, we, we have to be dependent upon Him for everything. We ask Him for our daily bread every day. Yes. And that is our entire sustenance. One of our core values at Iris Global is we rely on miracles. Mm. That means we put ourselves in situations in life, and this is everyday life as families, as husbands and wives and ministers and church leaders, where He's got to show up, but we're not going to survive. Yes. And we see miracles you know, day after day, year after year. And this city, need, and the, this nation needs a supernatural church. Mm, absolutely. You know, not an institution, yes. but a living supernatural manifestation of the body of Christ. And, uh, and there are people, if you're open, God will do it. Mm. Uh, and I'm telling you, He'll do it. So. so good. You're hitting so many nails on the head. It's so yeah. awesome. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, so excited here. Um, the other thing that I was thinking of as well, um, just... I think I've just lost that, but yeah, just, um, that happens yeah, sometimes. it does happen sometimes, but yeah, like what you were saying, um, like with having the faith to be able to do it, it's like, if we can do it in our own strength, then it's not a God idea. Yeah. If you can do it yourself and you can see, oh, I can see myself doing this. Yeah, I can just do this and do that. And then this will happen. Like, it's probably mm -hmm. not what God's probably asking because it doesn't require yeah. that faith to be able to, yeah. to step out and do it. So I love that so much. I think he loves us so much. You know, we begin, we're being discipled. We, are, we have mentors in our life, fathers, mothers, whatever, and, they, and we, we run alongside of them, we're together with them. But there comes a point, there comes a time in, uh, in every believer's life, I believe, where you're at a place with God that you were made for. No one's ever been down this road before. You have to trust Him that He's gonna get you to where you need to be. But we all come to the end of that road that's been traveled before. And now this is what we were born for. Now we walk with him in this place that no one's ever been before. This is made for you. Yeah. And you have to trust him. Mm. 
you know. I always tell people that our life with him is it's like a dance, you know, like and when you're dancing, you're not trying to get somewhere on a dance floor. You're not trying to get anywhere. You're just focused on him and you trust him that he knows what he's doing, mm -hmm. that he knows how to dance. Mm -hmm. And he knows this is his plan. That's it. He knows where we need to get to, but we have to trust him. Yeah. Yeah, so. I love yeah. how Bill Johnson says that about Mary and Martha and how the lovers always outwork the workers. Always. Yeah, always. You definitely see that with Iris. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, the fruit of that. Yeah. Because when, when you're in love, it, life is just more fun. You know, <laughs> life is more fun when you're in love. People like to be around you when you're in love. And, and it doesn't matter. You know how it is when you're really in love. You think about that person when you first wake up. You think about them before you go to bed at night. And... Like, you know when they come into a room. Like, my wife, I love her. We've been married 16 years. I know when she comes into a room because we're intimate with each other. I, I, I just know. There's no explaining it physiologically, yeah. I don't think. But I just know because yeah. I'm in love with her, you know, and uh, that's what it's all about. Mm, so good. But just to, on a final note, just mm. if there's anything that you could say just um, of what you think, like, the Lord is doing um, or will do from this point on um, globally, where you think he's, what this season kind of looks like globally for the church and, for, and, and um, right across the world, what, what we're stepping into, what do you think, what do you see is kind of happening in this season? Yeah, I see millions of, of missionaries being raised up all over the world. Yeah. China, Africa, South America. I see, uh, I see great teachers and mothers and fathers coming from places like Australia, Europe, United States. Uh, I, I'm super, super encouraged, you know, during this hour, as I mentioned before. I believe that we're what we're experiencing, it's amazing. It's only the beginning. Yes. It's only as there is an acceleration in the things of the natural, technology, etc. Like we see, we can't even keep up with the technology. Mm -hmm. I, I read something about the, the latest uh, Apple, like the MacBook Pro or whatever, is like, I don't know how many times faster than the previous one just in like one edition, like how is that even possible? We can't keep up with it, but in the spirit, the same type right. of acceleration. Look in the last 110 years since Azusa Street, just the, the speed of acceleration of things of spirit. They, they prayed and prayed for years for one person to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, yes. one person. And now we're seeing, there's hundreds of schools throughout the earth where they're training people to move in the supernatural power of God. Yes. I mean, it's this, this is incredible, and it's only going to be more and more as we go. The darkness, I believe, yeah, it's going to get greater. But heaven's coming to earth, and the light was made for the darkness. Yeah. The light shines in the darkness. So, yeah, I don't know how many times I've said this today, but be encouraged. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So good. Oh, yes. Yeah, thank you so much, Brian, yeah, for, for giving thank your time you. today, for being here, for coming. Thank uh, you for coming to Australia. Thank yeah. you for, for being obedient. I hope to be back soon. So, yes, yeah. come back and yeah, being thanks. faithful to, to yeah. go to the nations. It's yeah. so powerful. So yeah. thank you so much. And thank you, um, thank you for tuning in. And also, um, you can check out um, Crossworks International and Iris Global and the, it's the Harvest... Um, Harvest Family Network. Harvest Family Network. And also, if you check out too, Echo Media, Echo Media. Dave does an amazing job in all things video media, so please check them out as well. So, love you all. Bye. Well, Renee, that was awesome. So it was good. so good. Um, how can somebody uh, get involved with what Brian's doing? Maybe following along with what they're doing or supporting them? 
Yep, sure. So he has a website, crossworksinternational.com. So you can donate to him through there. You can also offer to partner with him in prayer as he's going to the nations um, and you can support him that way. So yeah, get in touch with him and support him as you can. Yeah, awesome. And look, guys, don't forget also that um, it's not about the people that we're interviewing. Um, it's, it's about in, inspiring you as Christians to go out into your own world and be Christ to your own community. Yeah. Um, you know, to live wholeheartedly the call that God's put on your life. So um, thanks for watching. Don't forget to jump on and subscribe. And, and if you're enjoying these episodes, uh, why don't you share them with your friends and, and, and do a, a social media plug for us as yeah. well because we want to get uh, this, this message out to as many people as possible yeah. to encourage them to live a wholehearted life for God um, or a dangerously normal, like setting a new normal, living with risk and, uh, and actually fully trusting that God can move in your own life and through your own life. So go out there, change the world, and we'll see you on the next episode. Amen. <laughs>